The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome, this is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you are here with us today, um, especially as we delve into what can often be a really mm-hmm. painful topic. Right, right. Yeah, it's it, it can be such a hard thing to talk about. Culturally, abortion is one of those subjects we just really try to avoid. And, and when it is brought up, it's brought up in terms of, of politics and debate. And that's something that we just, in this show, we didn't want to do. We wanted this to be a safe place to have a conversation about abortion, about some of the effects it can cause, about healing and and what that can look like. Absolutely. You know, this past week I was at a conference and I had a few people who, when they learned about the work that I'm involved with, at some point kind of leaned into me and whispered that they had had a past abortion. And they talked to me a little bit about it and then just said, you know, I, we can't talk about this. We just can't talk about it. And I said, well, you know, we really want to start that discussion so that we can support each other. And you could just see they were so relieved to tell me, but I think the thought of that they could be a support as well to somebody else, although they weren't quite sure how to do it, which is really the point, right, of of this whole, um, these episodes that we're doing. How do we enter into that discussion? Because we don't see it modeled. We don't hear it talked about culturally. And yet, so many of us have been impacted. Right. And and talking about that, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that we've mentioned in multiple episodes of the show. I think almost every episode we've we've talked about the number of people who have been impacted because it's it's just so significant and it's so many more than i think so many of us realize uh the statistics are that three out of ten women in the united states by the age of 45 will have had at least one abortion and then behind that number is a number we often don't think about which is the number of men Mm -hmm. that are involved in these situations and then on top of that the family members and friends of those who've had an abortion. And, and there's significant, um, <laughs> there's a lot of hurt that can be there as well. So Absolutely. it's just, it's so I mean, when, when you think of those statistics, I mean, yeah. really, um, it's going to be, really most people we run into have 
probably been impacted right. in some way. Now, certainly people are impacted differently. The degree of that is different. Perhaps they don't even know yet about a family member or friend who has had an abortion. But I think it is safe to assume that most people have been impacted, which, of course, then also makes it all that much more important the way that we talk about Right, right. And that's another thing that we've brought up in the show is how important it would be to talk about it also. But at the same time, as we've already said, people in our culture really aren't talking about it. And that makes the grief that people feel because of abortion what we call a disenfranchised grief, where it's a grief that's just not culturally allowed. It's not culturally accepted. So these people who are hurting, men and women who are hurting because of an abortion experience, they really, they're not given permission to be hurt. It's treated as a non-event. It's treated as something that they should just easily be able to get over, get past. And when they can't, all of a sudden there are these feelings that there must be something really wrong because culture is telling me this isn't something that I should be grieving, but I am. Absolutely. Or we tuck it away. We tuck it away because it doesn't seem appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you know, there are other elements to that. There's, there's, as you mentioned, disenfranchised grief, just culturally treating as a non-event. But in addition to that, when it does come to abortion, this is a loss that if you were the man or woman who was involved, um, and the man if he was actively involved, then you did make a decision Mm -hmm. that did cause this loss to happen. So it can feel then that it's inappropriate ourselves even if others are giving us permission to grieve is it really appropriate for us and we'll talk about that a a little bit more as the program goes on and we dive a little bit deeper into letting go of the pain Mm -hmm. but I think first I think it's good to to go back and kind of review and go over some of those healing pathways those tasks of grieving that we talked about and also to as we do that to keep in mind that the process of healing is not a linear process. Right. It's, it's not a, a, a roadmap where you start at point A and then you move to B in this nice straight line and then C and D and then, oh, I've arrived at my destination. Mm-hmm. When we talk about grieving, it doesn't work that way. And in a previous episode, we had asked our listeners to actually get involved with an exercise of trying to imagine or going back to what those early days, weeks, months, even that first anniversary of when they've lost someone. So perhaps it was a reproductive loss, but maybe it was somebody else that they've lost. And and I think that that helps us to remember then that no it's not this linear process it's actually a quite a bumpy road Mm -hmm. it's it's really messy I think of like really tight spirally circles and then they relax sometimes and then maybe you almost don't notice them and then something triggers and you're kind of back into this this tight spiral again and so those are our emotions and our feelings about it But also, even with the tasks of grieving themselves, they're not something that, oh, I've told my story, so I never need to tell it again. Right, right. One of the things we talked about in a previous episode with telling your story is, as time goes on, more details might need to be told. As you 
delve a little bit deeper into the experience, it might be time to retell the story later on. It's, it's not a one-time thing. Absolutely. And that story may change. It doesn't yeah. mean that the, that the facts around it have changed, anything like that. But it's just that as we move um, on through life, we do reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes those significant life events for us take on a different meaning. And so then perhaps those are times where we begin to, to go back to some of the different tasks. So let's, let's spend a little time just reviewing mm-hmm. some of those tasks. And we've already mentioned one of them. Uh, and even though this isn't necessarily like there's always a one place to start, it seems like most people um, just kind of naturally would start by telling their story. Mm-hmm. And telling their story could be a simple revealing this and when I say simple I guess it's not that simple but I mean in the sense of they may reveal like like those individuals are referred to who kind of leaned in and said oh I've I've had a past abortion so it may be as short as that to those who maybe need to really work through in detail and think about what was it like when I found out I was pregnant? What was the decision-making process like? What happened at the abortion facility, the procedure, what happened afterwards? And then depending on the length of time that has elapsed in between, then there also may be how has this impacted me and what has happened since then? And of course, your proximity to the loss, but also uh, perhaps you're a family member and you didn't even know about this, but you learn about it afterwards. Well, so your story is going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. It's going to pick up at that point and then move forward. But telling that story is so important and so powerful. Right, right. And then, you know, another healing tool after telling your story, uh, which, you know, again, Telling your story, it doesn't have to be the first step, but for many people it is. And another thing that, sh- that often happens pretty early on is, is finding that support system. Yes. It's so important to, to find those people close to you who can be a support to you and, and people who are going to be able to um, you know, be present with you and not, not let personal beliefs or or, you know, different ideas get in the way of, of just being able to help you where you're at. That yes. It's just so yes. important. And you mentioned being present. Yeah. Having someone who can be present with you, which can be very challenging, and we've talked about that in some of our safe place tips throughout some of the other episodes, that mm-hmm. listening can be really difficult, and we often yeah. want to fix, um, or perhaps we are having trouble with the story that's being told. But finding support, certainly, we can tell our story by writing it down in our journal or posting it anonymously online. But at some Mm -hmm. point, we're probably going to want to tell that or need to tell that to someone else and have them receive that. And really, I think most of us intuitively realize that grieving is a task and a process that's best done in community, even if that's community with one other person. And in the process of telling your story and finding that support person or persons, Mm. we will be um, basically describing our emotions. 
which is another important part of those tasks of grieving, is to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling, or this is what I was feeling then, and this is what I'm feeling now. And to realize that it's okay to have mixed emotions, that it's okay um, if they change over time, and it's, it's very normal to feel sometimes confused about them, or maybe you're not feeling any emotions at all. And that, that's all kind of part of that. But there are different activities that we can do to help us get in touch with those emotions. Right. Some of those activities could be journaling. They could be writing poetry, uh, doing some artwork. But the, the idea behind those activities that help explore emotions is that they would, they would take what emotions are, are deep inside and, and bring them to the surface so that they can be seen, so that they can be addressed. Absolutely. And then in the midst of that, and often we can refer back to our stories, our support person might be able to help us to identify this, but it it would be to identify our losses. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to uh, reproductive loss after abortion, there are often multiple losses. So you may be grieving the loss of the child. Uh, In addition to that, perhaps your relationship didn't work out. And so you're also grieving the loss of a relationship with your partner, or maybe you were a teenager and your parents really pushed you into this decision. And, and then now you're all having trouble and it's creating this distance and and Mm -hmm. alienation. And, and there can be many other losses. Uh, One of our guests, Dr. Martha Diamond talked about the loss of Mm -hmm. self-identity, that there can be that loss as well. And it's important as we're able to, to identify those losses because they often need to be grieved, perhaps grieved separately or grief grieved simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if we get stuck it may be because we haven't uncovered a particular loss and it's just kind of sitting there and we haven't begun that process of grieving and dealing with that loss. So when we come back from the break, we're going to begin talking about letting go of the pain and what that looks like for the healing process. It's such a significant step. So as soon as yes. we come back, we'll, we'll dive right into that. Absolutely. And this is where we get to get into, into, the, into the hope and yeah. the more positive aspects of healing. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. 
Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Pirro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you are with us. And, and we want to remind you again from the outset, this is obviously a painful topic, but this is a safe place to mm-hmm. talk about it. This is a safe place to begin that discussion. And actually, if you wish to, um, there's other ways you can continue the discussion um, mm-hmm. other than listening. You can contact us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And you can like our Facebook page. That's Facebook slash creating a safe place. And there we post updates from the show and we'll continue the the communication with anyone who wants to interact with us there. Absolutely. So in our last segment, we were, we were talking about, again, the tasks of grieving and, and reminding our listeners that it's not a linear process, that, that we can bounce back and forth, and then maybe there are uh, triggers or the meaning of the loss may change in time. And so perhaps we go back and repeat if you will, some of these tasks of grieving. And where we left left off was talking about that very significant part in the healing process where we make a decision to let go of the pain. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that might sound odd. Like, what? I need to make a decision to let go of the pain? Like, wouldn't we just, if we're hurting, don't, we probably just don't want to hurt anymore, right? Right. But it's not that easy. It's certainly not that easy, in particular when we're coming, when we deal with losing someone, when we're mm-hmm. grieving. And I think, you know, going back in, 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 in our minds, thinking about somebody else that, that we have lost in the past and how it's been hard. It's been hard to let go of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to do that. We love them. We're connected to them. That's why we're grieving. Um, in some ways, part of that process is you're still kind of hanging on. Um, but at some yeah. point, um, if we continue to do that, we're not able to continue the grieving process and move forward into life with a sense of peace um, and wholeness about this. 
But letting go of the pain, I mean, I've already touched on that. What are some of the obstacles? I mean, some of those inherent obstacles are that, um, that we simply may not want to. And we may not want to for a variety of reasons. And one of them that I hear often, and one that I struggled with myself, was that it seems that if you let go of the pain, it's as if you are not, um, you you are taking away from the significance of that Mm. person and the significance of their loss. Kind of like you are making a decision not to care anymore. Yeah, like you're being disloyal almost. And so it just, it it kind of feels wrong. It doesn't feel right Hmm. that you wouldn't be feeling this level of pain. Sometimes I hear from individuals that there's a fear that they'll forget the person Hmm. and they want that person who is so significant and important to them to remain a part of their lives. And so they imagine sometimes that the only way to do that is to hang on to the pain around it. And then when it comes to loss after abortion, in particular, if you had a role in the decision or if you were the person who was undergoing the procedure, sometimes it feels inappropriate. Hmm. In, In your own coming to terms with your own role, your own responsibility in making that decision, it just seems it just seems quite frankly wrong. And I know for myself I was really hung up there for a while. It seemed that an appropriate level of pain was like the right thing to do. And that somehow it was in kind of air quotes wrong to let go of that and to not feel pain. Is that because in part you felt like you deserved pain absolutely that's that's exactly it and and i hear that often almost like Mm -hmm. i deserve it maybe or there's some sort of punishment um that should go along Mm -hmm. with this and again almost a way of saying um if i let go of the pain it's as if i'm not acknowledging the significance of my decision Hmm. or my role in this, or the significance of the loss. And all of that can get really wrapped up together. So I just want to say that that is really normal. That is really normal to feel that way. And, and it's not just those who've suffered a reproductive loss after abortion who may feel that way. Um, there are other losses as well um, that we may feel. But so I think just to assure that is it's normal. It's a normal thing to do. But yeah. then also to encourage that it is still really important to look at that. And when you're uncovering that, that's when you can share it with your support person. Or maybe you want to journal about it or or do something creative. Um, Or if there's lots of negative energy around it, maybe you need to go and chop wood or something like that. I've never chopped wood, but (laughs) something physical. And I certainly know, I was talking to uh, a man this this past week who had lost his first child through abortion and in fact he and his teenage girlfriend had decided that they were going to carry this child to term but then her parents interceded and this abortion occurred without his knowledge 
And so, as you can imagine, he felt a certain amount of rage and anger. That one of our guests, when Brad was on, he talked about that. That it is yeah. not uncommon for a man to feel powerless and then to feel rage and anger. Mm-hmm. And so he told me about how he would have to go sometimes just do physical things just to get it out. But he found a way to do that. Um, and we all have different ways that we can deal with and process those emotions. Right. And I wonder, you know, as you were talking about some of the difficulties in in being able to make that decision to let go of the pain, uh, is another one of those difficulties potentially just getting used to having the pain mm. and, and just feeling like maybe you aren't even sure what life would look like beyond it. And maybe it's a little scary to, to think of life without this pain. Absolutely. That's such a great insight, Skylar. And it's so counterintuitive because we often think, right, if there's something that's negative or causing us harm or painful, that we would be eager to get rid of it. And certainly when we're trying to help someone, we just fail to understand. And it can be in, in a whole array of circumstances where we're thinking like, really, all you need to do, right, is, is, is put this aside or take different steps. And, and yes, we do get used to it. And it is hard to imagine. In fact, when you talk about that, uh, I I've, believe that I've shared that an unhealthy behavior that I struggled with was an eating disorder. And so as part of my healing process, and not everybody will have something like this, but some do. Some will develop an unhealthy behavior, and then that's something, definitely pay attention to that. Sometimes we need to, to then focus on the unhealthy behavior and stabilize that before we continue on in our healing process. That can be something healthy and normal to do. But so as part of that, I needed to really get some help on the eating disorder. And there came a point in my healing process around that where I actually began to have hope that there could be relief and freedom. But I began to realize that my identity was so bound up in that behavior that I couldn't envision what would Michaeline without that behavior look like, and it was really scary. It was definitely really scary. So we can have that with unhealthy behaviors, but as you pointed out, we can also have that if we've had this pain, whatever level that it's at, it kind of becomes our companion, and it becomes wrapped up in our identity. And sometimes we can kind of feel safe with it. Um, And yet, I'd like to encourage, I think I've yet to hear from anyone who has made that decision to let go of the pain that they haven't been pleased (laughs) with, with what the result is and kind of what the new you is as you're moving forward. You know, I wanted to start, let's go to, let's read a story. There's a a particular story I wanted to share today. And I'm going to start to read it before we head into the break, and then we'll come back. And I I wanted to read this. This is from a woman who who wrote her story, sent it in anonymously on abortionchangesyou.com. And she actually described in a vivid way kind of encapsulated her healing process, ending with, and when we come back with a break, we'll talk about that letting go of the pain. But let me start with it, and I think people will kind of get where we're going. So she shares that um, as she encountered the website abortionchangesyou.com, that it triggered things for her. She said, all the memories rush in. 
I now feel nauseous and I want to stop writing, but I know I must finally get this story out, get it sorted, let go, forgive and heal. This is my goal. I just have to keep calm now and go slow and try to bear having to go through those moments again in order to write them down. So then she begins to write about her experience. I believed him when he said we would have children as soon as he was divorced and we could get married and do everything properly and relaxed. Yet nevertheless, my heart said you'll never get over aborting this baby. I went to the doctor, to the abortion counseling, and to the clinic. It was the 14th of August, and I wish I could forget that date, but it is present every year causing tears and desperation and depression. Thinking how old he, I felt it was a boy, would be and feeling numb with the pain that this nightmare could have happened to me. She shares that this was 13 years ago that she had the abortion. She says, at this point in my story, I am already so overwhelmed by overwhelming and conflicting and confusing feelings and thoughts. I'll be 48 this year, and I still can't give up the hope of getting pregnant. I still ovulate pretty regularly, much like clockwork, and I cry every month. The blood tells me I could, and then I relive the abortion and its consequences all over again. I go through all the sadness, helplessness, regret, and the endless, endless questioning. What is this all about? I'm going to pause there for now. I think for me, it's like, I don't even, I, what, what can you add to that? Yeah. And I guess I would just say, uh, encourage people again, if they want to join the discussion, they can do that at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And you can like our Facebook page, Facebook slash creating a safe place. So when we come back to this break, We're going to continue to share her story and that important step of letting go of the pain. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit a1storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at a the number one storage.com. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email... Our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us. And please be assured this is a safe place. This is a safe place to talk about what can often be a really painful topic. Before the break... I had started sharing a story that a woman had written uh, anonymously onto the website abortionchangesyou.com. And she was describing for us really very vividly like her process that she was going through of writing her story. She was also describing really how that meaning of her loss has changed now that she is nearing the end of her childbearing years and she hasn't gotten pregnant again and she longs to have a child and how for her her monthly cycle actually re-triggers this again so I want to pick up now um, with with where she's at and telling us her story she said I found this website abortionchangesyou.com and I felt This feels right. I have tried a lot of things out in order to find peace about my little boy, but it somehow never worked. I want to pause there for a moment because I know her perspective at the time is that they haven't worked, but I suspect that each of those things did help. And it helped her to get to this point to this point where she can dive into what's obviously very painful for her, even traumatizing for her, and where she's now ready to take this very important step. And I think in time she'll probably gain that perspective. We often do that. We think like, oh, this hasn't worked. I still have the pain. But the journey has been continuing, and it's moving us forward even when it's difficult for us to see that. Right. There's steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she says, the suggestions on this website, the chance it offers, the sharing, made me feel different at last. I could really feel it is time to stop suffering. And when I added my initials, and we'll talk about what that is later, I took a screenshot of the entry. It was wonderful proof that I am willing to heal. The list of initials makes me think of a wailing wall. And we have all done our share of that. But in adding my initials, I felt empowered to change my life. Rather than defining myself as a victim of life or of my own failings, after making my mind up that it is time to heal and reading how other women feel just like me, 
I felt so much compassion for all of our suffering and wished I could meet every single woman in person and hold her and say, we are okay, we're just human. Please forgive yourself and grant yourself the right to inner peace and a good life. I realized that I felt only love and compassion for all the other suffering women and not a single ounce of criticism or judgment. Looking at it from this point of view, I can't really see that anything else makes sense except to forgive yourself. I wish I'd realized that before, but I'm going to begin right now. Hmm. So what a, what a beautiful way to describe that yeah. process. Her process of everything up to that point has now brought her to the place where she's ready to let go of the pain and then she describes the release of letting it go. But I think from reading her story, she realizes that it's not a one-time thing, right? right? She says, I'm going to begin right now. This is something that we move forward with. Um, We haven't crossed the finish line. Right. Grieving is a lifelong process, but it gets better. You can hear her release, her relief, her freedom that's in here. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be times of sadness or times of pain that come up again, but it's probably going to be different. Someone had shared with me this weekend, they said, you know, I still will feel sad. But it's not the gut-wrenching, stab-me-in-the-heart kind of pain that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, like, like, that, like that's, that's exactly it. And then what I also find so beautiful about this story is that she talks about her, um, her change in attitude towards others who've made the same decision mm-hmm. and her desire to help them. And that is often a really natural thing that comes at a certain point of our healing. It's like when it's natural in the the pain and the grief to be looking inward. But at some point, and it's typically, um, not that it hasn't been happening over time, but there's a significant change when we let go of the pain that our focus goes from inward and it's now focused outward. We're not looking back anymore. We're looking forward. And part of that looking forward is this natural compassion and what can I do to help others? And that may not express itself with, with maybe here she's saying, oh, I want to tell people who've had abortions, you're, you're not alone. You're okay. You can forgive yourself. Yeah. But... Um, it may be in some sort of other expression of helping others in some sort of way. Um, but I think that's a really kind of natural thing that begins to happen. And she really paints that and points that out so beautifully. And I might want to share, because she actually included it in her story, she talked about her screenshot that she took. Mm-hmm. And so her initials are J.S. And so... J.S. talks about this way that she memorialized letting go of the pain. But, of course, there are other ways. But let's at least enlighten those who are listening that there is a place on abortionchangesyou.com under Healing Pathways, and it's simply entitled Healing. And on there, um, 
she referred to it as the wailing wall. Um, I think of it as the wall of hope. Um, for me, when I look there, because often I read stories, I'm hearing a lot of pain. I'm reading emotions that people are choosing. There's a lot of pain. And then I get to go look at this. And I see on here there's a simple statement. But, of course, one we've already mentioned is a difficult place to reach. And it says that I have decided to let go of the pain. And there you have the opportunity to put your initials. And when you click on the initials, the date comes up. And now your initials and that date has been added to a wall that has over 2,000 initials at Mm. this point in time. So you become this community of those who have made that decision. So that is one way that we can memorialize, that we have made that decision. But again, realizing that when JS put her initials on the wall on January 23rd, 2014, she still probably had to make that decision again. Mm -hmm. And she'll have to make it again. But it will become easier over time to do that. And there are other ways to memorialize that. I've heard of those who have actually held a memorial service um, for their um, for their child. If that was something that was important, they were a person perhaps of faith, and maybe that that was something that would be important for them. Some will name their child and have a memorial service. For others, that that's not something that would really work or fit for them. But I think of someone, a, a grandmother, who had shared with me that she bought a statue that had had um, hands and it had a tiny um, child inside of the hands, and she put that in her garden. And so that's something that's private. Herself and her son know what it means, and her husband, probably nobody else. But she said that when she looks at mm. that For her, it's that she's memorialized the child and the place that child has in her life and in her family's life, but it also symbolizes to her in those hands that she has let go of the pain. She went through years of blaming herself Mm -hmm. for that abortion, that she hadn't been attentive enough to the needs of her son. And even though her son assured her, Mom, you never even knew what was happening. That was really difficult for her, and that's pretty common for parents to do that. My parents struggled with that as well. But so that for her is her memorial that she has. Maybe others um, perhaps will go um, and... um, throw rocks and into, you know, throw a rock into the ocean or go down and do that and bring that rock back. And it's something you place somewhere where it's meaningful to you and perhaps nobody else knows what it is. But you know that you have made a conscious decision Mm -hmm. and now you've memorialized that. And there's something so powerful about us having something physical that we can go back to or a memory that we can go back to that says that we have made that decision. And and why is that? Is it just because it it materializes something that is is hard to point to? Is it? I mean, what is what is it about yeah. doing a physical thing that? I'm sure there. So I'm sure there are people much smarter than me who could actually give you. There's probably studies that have been done mm. um, on all of that, and, and I'm not really sure. Other than that, 
I know yeah. <laughs> because I observe it. I think as in as people, mm. there's something about us that we are physical beings. And so having something that we can touch and hang on mm. to becomes so very important. Perhaps even more so when it comes to a reproductive loss. Because when we've lost someone who's lived, who's close to us, we often have our memories and we often have something from them, a piece of jewelry, a book, mm-hmm. something, that they, something that they've had, even yeah. pictures of us together. In a reproductive loss, we don't have those tokens. And so to create those tokens becomes so important for us to do that. So I fear I haven't answered your question. I just hope that our listeners are just saying, yeah, like inside, (laughs) inside I know. I know what that means, and it's so important to do. So I know we're coming up on, on a break right now, so I'm thinking that when we come back to our final segment, let's share a few more thoughts about the process of healing, just again, some kind of final wrap-up thoughts on that. And then let's also share a safe place tip for our helpers as well, because I know there are many people who are listening who are saying, I know, and they can think of a specific person, and I want to help them. And so let's share one final safe place tip with them that we'll also post on our Facebook page this week. And that's Facebook slash creating a safe place. Wonderful. Great. Well, we will pick that up when we come back with the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 
1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you've joined us today. And in this final segment, we're really going to be wrapping up this 12-week series on reproductive loss after abortion. Yeah. yeah we've been, you know, with you guys for a while, and, and we've really enjoyed doing this. And, and it's such a, a great place to end right now talking about letting go of the pain and yet it's not the end at all. I mean, we're, we're talking about how this step of making that decision to let go of the pain, it's the beginning. It's, it's the beginning of, of that, that real healing journey that's, that's going to continue taking place. It's, Yes. And I mean, all yeah. of it is, the, is, is a healing journey, but you're right. You, this is such a significant step of that. As I described kind of from the looking inward, we begin to look outward. Yeah. And then where it may have been difficult, like it was for the woman who shared her story, for her it seemed like she wasn't making any progress. But now, at this turning point, she's beginning to actually visibly see what that progress looks like. And that's a that's a really that's a really natural thing to do. And that really gives us hope. It yeah. gives us hope in this. And and so there's sometimes there is that there's this thought that healing is going to be returning to my former self. Hmm. Maybe, maybe my former happier self. Or my former self before I made this decision or before this loss or before I knew about this loss. And yet... I mean, that isn't possible. I mean, first of all, it is simply not possible as much as we long to return to. And maybe as appealing, and for some people, I'm sure they're saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to. But for some, that's an appealing thought. But it's not possible. Right. What we need to do is actually journey forth into that new person that we will be, that will be incorporating this loss and this experience as we move forward into life. And it's something that probably sounds really scary for someone who hasn't started the journey or who's just beginning. But please let me assure you that um, in time, as you journey and you reach this point and you're able to let go of the pain, um, it is a very beautiful thing. And who you are becoming is beautiful and, and is something that, that is attractive and that is something that we, we will embrace as it happens. So I just want to encourage um, and give people hope. Let's share our safe place tip for the week because I know that yeah. many people who are listening are saying, I have someone in mind who I want to help. And that's what's motivating them to listen. And our safe place tip is for them. Right, right. And as we've been talking about letting go of the pain and, and healing today, maybe some members who are, are listening have have been in relationship with someone. And and maybe they're the person that they're helping is at a point where maybe letting making that decision to let go of the pain is a, a good step to make. But maybe it's not i mean everybody's at at different places in the healing journey and i think one of the the big important things that anyone who's wanting to be a support system 
for someone else needs to to think about is it's just being patient with the person that they're yeah. they're trying to help. We've talked about being present, but also mm-hmm. being very just patient with them. Absolutely. You know, everybody's Absolutely. healing journey is going to look very different, and it's it's a lifelong thing. And as we've talked about, you know, it it's not something that goes away. the The pain decreases over time. There's there's less of it, but it's still there, and and significant events can happen that bring pain back. I mean, this it's a long-term thing. And so taking on that long-term perspective Mm -hmm. as a helper, when you're in relationship with someone that you're helping is it's really necessary for the kind of healing that really matters to take place. Absolutely. That can be so hard and so frustrating when someone isn't ready to start the journey and yet we're seeing their pain. Oh, that's so hard. And yet we cannot start that journey for them. <laughs> Only they can start that journey. Sometimes right. maybe they don't even think there's a journey to begin. And so that can be really difficult. Or when someone seems to get stuck or be endlessly stuck somewhere, that can be really difficult as well. Um, but as you said, to be patient, to be present, and to also realize that when we're journeying with someone or when someone's excluding us from their healing journey, that that affects us as well. And so as the person who's trying to help, that can really impact us. Mm -hmm. And to keep that in mind, I know we want to help, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't attend to ourselves as well and to recognize that. Now, to to protect someone's confidentiality, we have to be careful about support that we are reaching out for, but it is fully appropriate to get support um, as well to help with that. And I really want to encourage that because that's going to help you to be the best helper for them. Right. I mean, it, it's it's so hard, almost perhaps impossible to help someone when you are have your own pain. You know, Absolutely. it reminds me of every time I'm taking an airplane and they always go through the safety procedures. And when the masks drop, if the cabin loses air pressure, you put the mask on yourself And then you put the mask on your children. (laughs) You know, if you can't breathe, you can't help somebody else breathe. And it's the same kind of thing with this. If if there's something that you need help Mm -hmm. with, taking care of yourself will allow you to help others that much more. Absolutely. So we will be posting the Safe Place tip on our Facebook page, creatingasafeplace.com. I'm sorry, Creating a Safe Place um, on our Facebook at Creating a Safe Place. And we'll continue that discussion and to be posting you know, other tips and, and information as it's appropriate. So as we wrap up this series, I really want to thank you, our listeners, for journeying with us. I'm sure for some this has been challenging and it's been difficult. It's maybe even been painful. Maybe you've been frustrated with us. You're like, finally, we're talking about letting go of the pain. So we're so glad that you've journeyed with us. And I hope that you feel more equipped, that you have a better understanding of how many people are impacted, how they're impacted, what the grieving process looks like, what the healing process looks like. I hope you've gained from the perspectives of our guests that we have brought on the show. And so I want to encourage you right now because this greater discussion is something that uh, Skylar and myself 
cannot do alone. It's yeah. really something for all of us to be a part of. And so as you feel comfortable, I encourage you to compassionately and sensitively begin that discussion mm-hmm. with others. And, and then as appropriate, be there to help others. And for those who are listening because you've been personally impacted by abortion, we are sorry for your loss. We are sorry for the pain that you've gone through. We hope that this has given you hope. There is hope. There's always hope. It can get better. Healing is possible for you. Right. And one of those big messages we, we really want everyone to know is you're not alone. I mean, that's something we, we can't say enough. If you're in pain, you're not alone. There are people going through what you are, and, and there are people there to help. Absolutely. You are not alone, and healing is possible. There is always hope. We thank you so much for joining us on Life After Abortion. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.